When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage. Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. And very good evening, David Woody, Richard Douglas, Sports Day SA. Malcolm Blight's got the week off. Lucky Malcolm. If you're moving house, use the team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental, 132727. Get on the road faster, 132727. Dougie, how are you? Good, David. Good. Good to be here again. How are you? Good. The big news, uh, all about the Crows, new headquarters. Um, it's been basically ratified. John Olsen's come out on, on numerous outlets and said they expect to be in there in 2025, start building late next year, and uh, they're going to get two grounds. And when I, s- I went past uh, the old footy park the other day, just dreadful looking at that. Mm. So we had so many good memories down that way. So you'd be pleased with the – finally they've got somewhere to go. Yeah, it looks fantastic. So uh, the two grounds is massive, but just the, what it can provide, not just for the club, the supporter base, but the greater community well in that area, I think it's – Fantastic uh, layout. It looks really good. Now we've just got to bring it to life, and it's not going to be uh, cheap, that's for sure. But 2025, that's uh, everything will have to go well. You've heard a figure somewhere quite, yeah, quite a large Yeah, it should be 70 to 85 70 million. 70 million. Off, and they'll certainly need some support from the local and possibly federal government there, which I think they will be getting. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Funny how people's minds work. John Olsen said at the moment it's not licensed. as a cafe. You get a coffee and this and that. But... That seemed to be the biggest sticking issue. I'm sure down the track they'll get a licence. I mean, the, the state wanted the work, and uh, I wouldn't be worrying too much about it right now. Oh, look, it's not going to be the, um, a big deal to start off with. You know, that'll, that will happen in uh, due course, no doubt. But uh, we just need a home, don't we? And we need somewhere where people can uh, go to see the boys and the girls um, and to enjoy the club for what it is and fit, make it feel like a club because I certainly miss that, no doubt, with West Lakes, what it is at the moment. And uh, that you know, new venue will create uh, inspiration and motivation for the Well, you saw, to... you saw West Lakes disappear before your eyes while you were still there. It's been just a slow burn, hasn't it? All the houses oh, have the, the dropped up. That, the dust <laughs> that used to come. you tell you, stuff that had come out of your nose after a training session down there, just not pretty So. No, it'll be good. It's fantastic. And I like the venue. I think it's not far from Adelaide Oval. Um, if we can get it licensed, it's not too far to commute back there. And I wouldn't have thought people would be going, certainly night games, they won't be going back to Febbiton. They'll be going home from the Adelaide Oval. There'll be times. But if you get a chance to watch the players train, the women uh, will be playing there as well. Fantastic. Uh, how big a issue or advantage is it having a – a really good facility. Remember, Collingwood did the Lexus and a lot of the clubs of the West Coast have got an amazing uh, precinct. And, and Adelaide, when you, when you look at Adelaide's old, Port Adelaide in the, recently have just uh, done it up, haven't they? So. Yeah. Oh, there's a couple of parts to it, I think. Obviously, as a player at the club, you get the, you know, the best facilities and you get to uh, 
Um, you know, that makes you a better footballer. The, you know, the, the, the pools, the hot, cold baths as well. But when you're trying to attract a player to your club, you say, come to Thurberton, have a look at our grand facility here to... um, instead of driving a little bit further down the port. So if you can show that to a player like an Isaac Rankin, you know, it's only you're trying to lure to your club. Look at our facilities. This is what we can offer you. Well, all of a sudden, that uh, that certainly helps. Doesn't yeah, it? I mean, the other the other areas they're talking was Brompton and the Aquatic Centre, but I I think this is pretty good too. And uh, on the main South South Road drag, and if they can you know, just come off that straight in there, and they were talking about parking an issue, but I heard John Olsen saying they've got two ovals; they can park like. They do at Adelaide number two when we have the games at the Adelaide Oval. Yep. Um, not far from train stations, tram line just there. So uh, I think it'd be a really, really, really good thing for the footy club. Mm, well done to John Olsen and the team there. Um, let's go to Tim from North Haven. Tim wants to talk about the new Adelaide facility. Hi, Tim. Hello, boys. Um, bloody great news, I reckon, as a, um, uh, a long-serving crow, crow head myself. You know, one of one of the we talk about the licensing and you know people. I'm having a, a bit of a Twitter spat with a few at the moment now. Um, it's not the be all to end all, but by God, there's nothing better than sitting down on a Sunday or a Saturday arvo. Um, you know, having a few beers, having a snitty, yep. maybe a yep. couple of bets, with a whole bunch of fellow Crow supporters watching your team play into state. Um, we haven't had that in God knows how long, and it's you know we used to have it at the old Crows Tavern, um, and it was there was nothing better. I mean, you've got you know 50, 100, 200 people to support the same team. Screaming at the big screen and high fiving and you know um, celebrating and commiserating together—that's that's a true club. Um, if they don't license it, yeah, it's still going to be wonderful. But I think it's going to it's going to lose a bit of its tarnish of bringing people together, not just. Oh, I think they the will, Tim. Tim, I got no doubt they'll they just go to the government and, and get that license. Of course they will. I mean Adelaide and Port Adelaide are two of the big clubs you know in the in the state and so much so big a following. So I'll be. I'll be staggered if they yeah. if it wasn't licensed down the track. No, the club would be desperate to get that. And it's another revenue stream for the footy club, isn't it? You know, they can hold functions there. Well, and, it's just and, they haven't and, got it now. That's all they're saying. Yeah, well, they've, exactly. they've got so, nothing now except no. a plan. Um, you know, so we want to give back to our um, supporters, become that family club. And the players want that too. They want somewhere they can go and, and see supporters and enjoy themselves and interact with them on a face-to-face basis, not just, uh, you know, at a game. So that... That certainly will happen, you would have thought. Yeah, Tim's upbeat. Go there and watch into interstate games. Get, Get down there on the TV, and, uh, have a couple of beers. And why not? I'll join you. Think fantastic. Uh, all Australian side uh, spoke to Jared Healy uh, today, and uh, I think Cornsy, uh, Kane Corns might be one of the selectors from the state here. Um, what Do you think when you're picking all Australian side, it should be picked in position, or do you put the sentiment on the half forward flank on a wing? Uh, three on the bench, or would you prefer to see that you know the best centre back is the best centre back, the best fullback is the best fullback, or do you, the way they do it, they tend to overload, don't they, with midfielders? Yeah, they do. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, so you know, given a if you're playing on a weekend, you're typically going to have obviously three mids. You're probably going to have a couple rotating on the bench. Um, so there's your five midfielders. I'm happy to pick, but I think they often offload another midfielder to the half forward flank. And those type of things, and maybe to one to half back. So you lose those opportunities if you're playing those positions to get that spot. So I think that's probably not fair. If they're um, picking so, an so, all Australian team same. to play someone, or just the best twenty-two players. Well, yeah, I think let's just stick to or go back to picking players for their positions. That's what I'd love to see, and um, reward those guys who deserve it. Because often you see a you know 
a bloke who plays really well up forward all year, or sorry, in the midfield all year, that he gets selected as a forward. It just doesn't make sense. So I hear there's um, they got some sort of ratings. Um, all Australian selectors look at ratings, and apparently Young Brayshaw's wasn't as high as, I say, as Petrarca and this. And explain if you if you take the ball out of the centre, um, kick it to someone, and they they take a mark, handball back to you and kick a goal. The most you can get for the one play six points. Whereas if you mark a ball on your own in the goal square, turn around, you get one point for a like. So it's quite quite extensive. Yeah. But Rory Laird's ranking was really high. Like was he's it? up around the fifteen and six. Anything over fifteen is really good. Brayshaw was around eleven or twelve in in terms of their their ratings. But I That's can't. Interesting, isn't it? I can't. See, I'd love Rory Laird to be on the bench. I, I think he could also play halfback and play on the ball. But, and Connor Rosie, where, you reckon Connor's a rough chance? You need to be seen a bit longer. Well, for me, you potentially you need to be seen for a bit longer, but the, I don't think that should you know go into it because you're judging it on 2022, not the future. But again, the ratings. Connor Rosie's an impact player. He wouldn't probably rate in those higher brackets. I wouldn't have thought. Well, he's, he's had more of the ball this year. More of the more. ball certainly, but he 30 for him is a really oh. imp, that's he's having a great influence on the game, whereas. A thirty for like a you know an Oliver or someone may not have as much impact on the game. So a lot of one twos, aren't they? Yeah, you know, when you look back at, and... I think we get too caught up in stats, but I understand why they do it because when they get uh, quizzed on it, they can easily fall back to the stats and say, "Well, he's done this comparing to him." That's why we went with him. But for me, I, I like it more to the naked eye and, and go back to influence on games. Um, but was your last year his first year or? Connor? Connor? Uh, no, I might have played a couple of years couple. against him, I think. He's, I think he's been in the system Until... five or six years. But you can see the growth certainly in him in the last 12 months. But I think last year he was impacting games. You could see that growth in him. But now he's got that belief he's doing it far more consistently. So um, his ceiling is uh, – well, there's no ceiling really. No, he, he can do. he's going to be a superstar. When you can uh, – he's only – his first four weeks were fairly quiet. He played in the half-forward flank, Port were not forward. Goes in against Carlton in the midfield – and the rest is history. And you've got to bear in mind the last two years he's had quite a nasty foot injury, so you can't do the work. If you can't do the work, you don't have the tank. And, look, I think he's going to be an absolute star. Well, we talk about what the Crows need. That's exactly the type of play they need, isn't it? Yeah, you know, Butters can, or a Rosie, those sort of... Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Rosie every day of the week just for his um, impact, particularly forward of centre. He's damaging, fantastic kick, Um and all class kicks goals. What's Lady's greatest attribute? Because she just gets the ball. It's a, it's amazing. We you, we can be calling a game, and I think yeah, Lady's had five or six. He's had eleven. I mean, obviously a lot must be down under the pack, shipping it out. But what have you you played with him for a long while? What do you think Rory's greatest asset is? Oh, it's his consistency for me. Um, not just throughout. Don't fumble much quarters and 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 games, but yeah, clearly the um, below his knees, he's elite. Um, quick with his hands. So in tight, stoppage work, very good, um, takes the ball forward. There's knocks on his um, effectiveness with his kick, but um, he still gets high metres gained. And, and, you know, when he has it 40 times, it's still 40 times we've got it and they don't. But And is he, he seems to me to be the type of guy that would get everything during the week he can be right for Saturday. One of those players where everything's meticulous. I may be, may be wrong, but he... You speak to him, he's always got that hungry look, wants to be better, wants to be a... He started off on the rookie list, didn't he? He did. Adelaide. Oh, I remember the first day I seen him, I thought this could still be going to last 12 months and that'd be it. But he just found a little spot for himself in the back pocket and went about his work and just kept getting better and better and 
before we knew it, he was all Australian, best and fairest, and now he's gone to the midfield and just taken to it like a duck to water. So he's, he's been fantastic. Um, but again, I'd love to see someone in that midfield mix that can complement him with a bit more outside polish. But um, another super year, just so consistent, as I said. And um, yeah, I th- can he sneak in? I hope so. He deserves to. He but probably really, won't because he's not in a big club. The, well, it's easy to for you to miss out when you uh, don't make the top eight, I think, yeah. as well. Yeah. When you talk about a Rosie, I mean, certain players, uh, as commentators, think, wow, we, we love watching them. As a player on the ground, if you could think of two or three players throughout your career and you played for well over 10 years and nearly 250 games, and you see someone, to me, Franklin's the one. I think I see him running 100 mile an hour, kicking 70 metres, can do things I've seen no man of his height do. Yet he wasn't a great mark. But on the ground, he must look physically imposing, a massive guy. Like, can you think of two or three that, that you thought, yeah, these, these guys look great? I, I suppose Danger's one of them. Yeah, but. I was going to say, Danger sprung to mind. But there's, there's guys like that that you always know where they are on a football field. You just know they're just hovering. And, and Buddy was just one of those guys that you just knew when he was in your vicinity and you just, you know, got rid of the ball a bit quicker. He's a big um, boy, isn't he, he's too? He's big, he's intimidating, he's powerful. Him, like Danger, is just explosive and um, could do anything. And, and Gary Ablett was the same. He just uh, he could do it all. Uh, what about a Martin? Is he more under the radar? Uh, do you notice him as much out there? But he's a bit quiet. He doesn't. He's not an extrovert. Yeah, because he's so quiet, that becomes a bit intimidating sneak. as well. Because you don't quite know what he's thinking. Um, you'd much rather someone just that's probably in your face because um, you know what they're thinking. But he just goes about his work and. Um, well, we seen him at his best. Didn't you saw him close. He was, and, and the he, next two premierships. Special. And he's un, he's got some you know unfinished business this year. He loves September, so can he? Well, can he get back this week? And can he produce some of his best footy? Because if he does, Richmond are a better. Uh, you know, they're they dangerous. Could, they could do anything. So they're dangerous on down. Yeah, um, down below. It's um, yeah. There's, there's something that's certainly different from the champions to the to the average judge. Is it Cripps got that X factor? Is he a big? Yeah, you know, so with him too out there. Well, I couldn't believe how big he was when you come up against him. He's bigger than Tex, so yeah, you picture Tex running through the midfield, and uh, he's he can't tackle him. He's just not when you're my height, you can't. Yeah, he um, apparently grew two or three inches when he's nineteen to gut. He was just a small bloke, then become a really big. And I couldn't believe the size of Bondapelli. We stood, we did a game up at Wyla, and I just walked out to have a look at the ground. Beautiful ground down there too. Uh, it's a Bennett Reserve at Wyla. Anyhow, um, the Bond came out. He's six foot four and, and massive. Yeah, these, these are midfielders. You well, that's oh, that's the probably the biggest thing that changed throughout my career. I remember early on, Joe Watson was the biggest mid going around, um, and you think, gee, what is the size of this bloke? Um, how do I five? compete against him? Yeah. But now you got Fife. You had uh, Josh Watson, uh, Kelly, Kelly. Um, you know. The like, and that's just a standard. They're all big. Everyone's got them now, and and that's what clubs are after. Those blokes that can cover the field, they're powerful. That are you know six yeah. foot four and can go forward as well. The track is a big boy too, isn't he? So, he's solid. Yep. Uh, Lumo say powering local footy and fans in South Australia switch to Lumo today. Uh, Richard Douglas filling for Malcolm Blight and Australia's most wanted the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage cars of the year. We are going to take a break. Come back with a postseason awards coach of the year, biggest improver a Defensive Player of the Year, Player of the Year, and all other awards. Sports Day for Kia's EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. 
Sports Day. For Kias, EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, David Wood and Richard Douglas filling in for Malcolm Blight for Weeks Homes Discover Different. And Adelaide Auto 4x4, you get 15% off your first purchase right up until September 30. Doug, you thought we might look at some of the postseason awards. All Australian tonight will know the, the team a little bit later and certainly by tomorrow. But uh, got a few categories here. And when you look at the coach of the year, gee, there's been some outstanding performance. Does anyone stick out for you? Oh, the obvious one is Craig McRae, isn't it? From 17th to... Yeah, it's quite incredible, really. To, well, they won this year, 16 games. So I, I had him too because I think... A lot of not many people had Collingwood in their eight, but I've also gone for Chris Scott. I thought Geelong would drop, you know, the bottom part of the eight. They won eighteen games, and something like twelve or thirteen on the trot. Well, yeah, that's we've almost come to expect that from Geelong, don't we? But that ability to keep producing, and I know he's had his knockers, Chris Scott. There's no doubt about that. Um, but what they've been able to do over a long period of time is just incredible. Any was- club would take that. I think they've only missed the finals once in it, 12 years under him. Oh, if yeah, that, it's, if, yeah. If that. Since 2007 when they won the flag, I think it's one final series they've missed. So that's, what, 17, 16 years. Yeah, and I think John Longmire's effort at Sydney's not bad either. Yeah, they've built built really nice from last year. They've improved again. Um, probably uh, Long, Longmuir at Fremantle is the other one that could uh, push his case for oh, they've had it, yeah. what they've been able to achieve as well. Biggest improver as a player. I've gone local, but have you anyone spring to mind for you? Yeah, I went with a former teammate who I think will be All-Australian tonight, which would be just an incredible story, Tyson Stengel. Oh, He's wow. been uh, yeah. always had the talent. I probably you know didn't think he could That's get it. to this level, but it just shows going to a really good club that's winning Given a bit of direction and a bit of really strong guidance and leadership um, and having that's Hawkins it. and Cameron as the big fellas bringing it to the ground helps. So everything's aligned for him there. Eddie's down there mentoring as well. So well done to Tyson and hopefully he does get uh, a jacket tonight and he's got a big September coming Such up too. Such a but strong club, aren't they, Geelong? That's why you become a destination club too and you're able to attract players that uh, have you know, stepped out of uh, stepped mm. off lines because they got the belief in the, you know, the uh, culture they feel they can straighten them out. I've gone uh, locally, Sam Berry. Uh, um, a lot of people knock Sam. He didn't play footy for a year. His first year could hardly get the ball. You could see he was certainly in the action, but his last part of the year, outstanding. And Todd Marshall, another one, yep, much maligned for Port Adelaide, had a kick 40-odd goals, and he's going to become a star now. He finally believes that he's good enough. And uh, so well done to Todd and Sam. Uh Biggest improver as a team probably goes back to Collingwood again. Yeah, Collingwood, again, the obvious ones. Fremantle have gone from 10 wins to, uh, what, 15 and a half. So they've they've had a really good year, Fremantle. And uh, I think they're, they're the only team, I think, I'll give, and probably Richmond, that can do some damage. Yeah. And outside the top four. Count, count nice and stiff, but uh, Vossi's improved them, but they still didn't make the no, eight. <laughs> only Carlton can do that. Uh, what about defensive player of the year? Uh, I had Tom Stewart, missed a bit of footy late, but um, toss-up between him uh, and uh, who do I have from Melbourne? Uh, May. Oh, Stephen May. Uh, Stephen May. But Tom Stewart, I think, just the, the drive that he gives, the aerial power, the leadership, the guidance, I think he's a yeah. fantastic player. I thought young Rioli, they've moved him from Richmond, have moved him back 
to halfback. He's playing super. And I love the Fremantle halfbacks. I don't know if you've seen much of him. Hayden Young and uh, and Clark, Jordan Clark, who came from Geelong. Like they let it, yep. He was a first-round draft pick and outstanding season. So backs never get the credit, though. It's all no, about, the but, other, sorry, the biggest improver I thought of just then, as you mentioned, Richmond, is Shy Bolton. Oh, He's had a fantastic well, year, hasn't he? He's arguably as good as anyone in the comp for what he can do. It's remarkable. There's a lot of shots on goal. They can't catch him. Yep. So elusive. Yep. Yeah, so Dusty Steps goes in the sunset. In comes uh, Shia Bolton for a while. <laughs> Incredible. So well done there. Um, we said defensive. What about the player of the year? This is some mm. very subjective. Anyone can have this say here. And there's been a lot of good players this year. Yeah, tough one. Could be absolutely uh, a number of uh, players. I've gone with Max Gorn, which statistically wouldn't – um, be up there, but in terms of complete package, captain, um, he can go forward. Obviously, does his work in the ruck, but aerial very strong. Uh, and I think he's the most important player over the next month. I think uh, if he has a really strong four weeks. I think Melbourne are yeah premiers. No. Um, he's my probably not player of the year, but MVP. I've gone well. He's one of his teammates, Clayton Oliver. In close, I don't think we've seen too many better. He somehow gets the ball out when there's no space, and he'd be a chance for the Brownlow. Cripps also had a very good year, um, the usual suspects, Lockie Neal. But, yeah, Max Gorn, you're right, very, very important. And uh, finally, for Adelaide Auto, the biggest fail. Which team's been the biggest fails for you? Oh, do we want to say it? <laughs> I think, oh, obviously Port. Oh, you got to, I mean, they, Port, were, Port they were touted top four. Morning. They were, um, yeah, they were. But I think, uh, you know, Every team that's been up there for a little bit, sometimes they drop back for a year just to recalibrate, um, look back at how they've been playing. Geelong did it, Melbourne have done it, and they come back even stronger. Uh, so I think I'm confident they'll bounce back. Uh, however, the Eagles, they were really disappointing as well, but they're just going to have to start a rebuild, so they're a fair way off. I've gone Port Adelaide and also Essendon. Essendon, disarray. A couple of board directors resigned. They've lost their CEO. They are in all sorts of problems. So Port Adelaide and the Bombers for me. Now, Polaris. Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, thanking Australia for making that for 21 years in a row. We're going to go to a break. Uh, one of your old coaches, uh, Jade Rawlings from North, about exceptional year, will join us straight after the break. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Richard Douglas and David Wildey Sports Day SA for Weeks Homes. Discover different. Also, Tire Power. Think safety this August. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Well, Dougie Nord have been outstanding. Um, after a slowish start they, at eight in the trot, they lost their last game uh, just by a very small margin, but they coach very well, and you can see they are well-organised. You were part of the program yeah. last year, and uh, they're playing in a qualifying final. They are. Crows. No, absolutely. They've had a fantastic year. Um, and the guy we're about to speak to is a fantastic coach and got them firing on all cylinders. So uh, it's all ahead of them. But they're certainly in the mix. Uh, one of a few teams that I think can win it. Um, but they're really well coached and well structured. So they're going to be every chance. Well, let's talk to the master coach too. He's a good lad too. Part of Sports Day often has been. Uh, Jade Rawlings joins us. And Jade, considering the change in personnel, it was incredible the amount of players that left last year in the influx of new lads. And congratulations. It's a great finish. Yeah, thanks very much, Dave, and g'day, Dougie. Uh, we're really pleased with the performance of the playing group. They have committed right from November towards there was going to be a different look to us with personnel. It was going to be quite youthful and take a while to probably to fully grasp everything required to 
playing our team and how we go about it week to week. But yeah, after probably round six, the state game uh, by, we start to understand once again that each other and what, what it takes to be an all player and our team function. So the players done a great job. They put themselves in a position to qualify the way we have. No, they certainly have twig, but uh, I think you need to take a lot of credit. Not that you will, of course, but uh, I did watch an early game in the preseason against the Crows at West Lakes, and the boys were in the first half really um, dismantled by the Crows. Um, but looking at you now, you look just so assured as a team. There's no weak links out there from defence. You look really strong, um, but you're now looking to score quite freely. Is are you surprised how quickly things have? Uh, I guess, clicked throughout the season. Obviously, you put a, a, a lot of work in, but are you probably surprised that it's happened a little bit quicker than you may have uh, thought? It's interesting, Dougie, because when we were two and four, you start looking at, at I live in reality reasonably well, I think, and you think that we're actually going okay, but what does this year actually present? And I really believed in the group we had, but when it was going to all come together is a bit of the unknown, and uh, that's why I was really pleasantly surprised that once we... Had a really tough game against Centrals, and we played against the Crows, and we were, had done most things right for most of the night. But then, for all intents and purposes, we were done, and then we kicked three goals in three minutes. And it's incredible that, like a win like that against a quality opposition with Matt Panos coming back, all of a sudden the belief just increased really quickly. And so I've been really pleased. Like that, that game at Westlake's the third practice match was on a warm day, flat deck at Westlake's, and. The Crows couldn't be any fitter, and they kicked seven goals in the first 15 minutes. I've never felt anything like it in a game. As an off-boat coach, you feel absolutely helpless. And mm. Dougie was looking over towards his left at the coaching box, going, this bloke cannot coach. I can see the look yeah. at his eye. But, uh, but we re-stabilised in that game. And there was a lot to take out yeah. of that game, Doug. And uh, yeah, I'm big on education and how to review things that are either going to make us better or that we really need to address. And you touched on something. And scoring from turnover is pretty important. And you, you and I both know last year that was a work in progress that improved in the second half of the year. But is the only way you can get better at it is if you understand how to defend properly. And once you defend properly, you can start maximising those scores. And there's no doubt through the middle part of the season, that was probably our biggest improvement area. And probably just dropped away in the last two to three weeks. Conditions and opposition have probably contributed to that as well. I guess is Jade Rawlings, Nord coach. Uh, Jade, the, the strength of the competition is amazing. Uh, you know, from top to bottom, North Adelaide ended up on top, and then we see West Adelaide have a win. West Adelaide last month has been outstanding. It's incredible, isn't it? On any given day, if you're not on, if you're not switched on, uh, you're gone. Well, we got beaten by West's on the weekend, and they were quite emotionally charged with the 200th in retirement of Logan Hill, but they played in a manner that just had more desperation, more urgency. And if you track their form for last month, they'd given North Adelaide a really good run. They'd run Glenelg to the line and had a couple of wins. And then Central's, their block of form for about six weeks had been yeah. really strong and good. Uh, considering the first half of the year, they probably didn't get the wins they were after. But uh, no, the competition is exactly where I'm sure they're saying to feel like it be. It's balanced. It's very competitive and... Uh, the way you described it's being on and if there is a deficiency or an attitude lapse in your game that you can get exposed so it's pretty wide open with the way the season's been and it reflects the top five as well I think most uh, competitors would think they can beat anyone else on any given day uh, Certainly going to be an exciting finish to the you know the final series but, uh, a couple of senior players out uh, Roker, Panos and Nunn where are they at uh, leading into finals Twig? Yeah, so we've got uh, Nunny and Nos both trained fully last night and that was always the plan. Fair way out that by the time we got to this week that they would need to have 
done full training and completed and recovered well to be eligible. So at this stage, they'll both play. Uh, Cotter got through on the weekend. He'd been in our team for a good six or seven weeks while he did his knee against Sturt. So he played in the twos in the weekend. Uh, Wilkins is making a recovery back from an ankle operation from about five or six weeks ago. So he's um, coming along far quicker than what we all thought. Rokes uh, had an ankle injury in our game against Glenelg and completed the game, but uh, wasn't ready to play last week and has given it a good nudge this week. So there's a possibility. And Stockdale's also rehabbing to try and put his case forward. He's probably the one that's a bit behind the others for, at this stage. So uh, that's the other part of what I've been pleased with the group. They've dealt with those losses over the last eight weeks and just kept performing. And hopefully those returns... Uh, will make a big bonus and a big positive impact on our team and we're very conscious of putting players back in that are fit irrespective of their reputational capability so that's important this time of the year. Had a look through the stats to tell us about Roker and also Harry Boyd um, hit outs uh, Roker leads for disposals unbelievable year uh, Boyd hit outs clearances uh, things like that they both had very good years for you Jade. Been super players for us Dave they both had good years last year. Boyd, in a different way, was probably a forward and support ruck. And when Michael Knoll retired in the last year, there was a lot of rhetoric around when are they going to go and recruit a ruckman. We, we knew we already had one. And he's absolutely flourished and thrived with responsibility. He's had a huge impact on the competition. And Roke has improved his footy again. And Dougie would have saw last year and felt last year he's improvement and presence to bona fide midfielder and he's improved again because of the work he did through the summer and yeah, both had great years but so has Kennelly. Uh, Rantel's been really important for us. Josh Richards had a very good year. Loudon's come in and, and really improved. Uh, we had Cotter and Spence both play inside mid and have impact so we're going to be, have a pretty strong uh, midfield for most of the year and having those players with Nunny and Noss returning and hopefully Rokes then it's going to increase our capability of, uh, and importance of that part of the ground on the weekend. Obviously disappointing to you know have Nunny out for a big part of the season and with the departure of a lot of senior players last year, who's really surprised you this year in terms of stepping up with their leadership? Obviously, JK, Jacob Kennelly's been uh, standing in for Nunny, but uh, who else outside of him has, have you, has impressed you in terms of their leadership? Just on uh, Kennelly, he's been exceptional. Like he's only I'm not even sure he's 22 yet, but he carries himself in a manner that's befitting of a 28-year-old and the boys really respect him and uh, Boyd is a natural leader who's taken on a lot. Uh, Hamilton does a great job with that. Jack Jack Hurd's become a bloke that when he speaks, people listen, and he's got a real presence within the group. Um, Panos and Nunn and Roker all have an impact leadership-wise as well. So uh, it's been the collective, probably more Dougie than anything, and the capacity for this group to feel like it, it can be their group. There's no doubt when we've got a personalities like yourself and Piopolo and Grieg, uh, even Noel last year amongst a few that have departed that has a lot of presence and a lot of reputation credibility which other people just sit to listen to those guys but when they're not there it does um, pre- provide opportunity for us to grow and that's been the case this year but they've done a great job as a group Just give us a quick uh, synopsis if you like a resume of North Adelaide and uh, the Adelaide Crows you finished top three with those two other sides Where, what are their strengths Jade? North Adelaide really well coached. They were very mature across all three lines and surgeons have done a great job with them. They really punish you offensively when they get the look. They're quick and they, they do move the ball well. But their midfield's deep. When you go Wig, Young, Moore, Coombe, Mitch Harvey, Zeckley and Will Coombe, that's pretty deep. And 
they can they've got scoring power. So they've had a really good year, really strong. Uh, probably surprised people, but probably not them from their own set of eyes, but from an external. And, and Adelaide have just been deep all year with AFL numbers and having coached uh, similarly to what Michael Godden does at Adelaide, we've got an alignment that, yeah, when you go to 15 to 16 AFL players, it's always, you're pretty confident you've got a reasonable team underneath you that can perform against anyone. And yeah, they have high level ability in, in key areas of the ground and their top up players have had big influence this year, probably a deeper level than what they may have had last year. So, yeah, they've probably been two heavy scoring teams and, yeah, been able to put teams away at various times, which has really increased their percentage, which gets them up the top of the ladder. Yeah, we can't wait for the finals. Jade has said some, and not just those three, the other two teams also very good. Uh, Glenelg and Sturt, uh, good luck this week. Um, you've done a great job given all the change in personnel and bring them the finals. Let's hope it's a great final series. Jade Rawlings there uh, for Expert Car Service. Book online at repcoservice.com. A guest, Jade Rawlings. Sports Day for Kia's EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sports Day SA, David Wildey and Richard Douglas for Weeks Homes, Discover Different. And Elders Insurance, from local footy to community events, it's our way of giving back. Elders Insurance, hands-on support for our local community. There's no one better to speak about community sport than Ben Hook. Have a look at his... uh, is the articles in the mail every Sunday. Hooky, how are you? Uh, Will, it's great to be with you. Uh, Richard Douglas, nice to see you're on deck as well. And uh, I noticed that the Crows have got the uh, the new facility all organised there at Theberton. They're going to have yeah. a cafe. I don't know what it's going to be called. Are they going to go for um, Cafe 26 or Dougie's Bakehouse? <laughs> so I reckon there's a couple of options. Yeah, I'm happy to, you know, put the apron on and get down there and... Uh... You know, a bit of baking, serve a bit of barista, soup, soup and rolls. Coffee, absolutely, give back to the uh, the fans. They've been waiting a while for some facilities, so the least we could do. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, Hooky, amateur finals preview: the rise and rise of the Glenunga Football Club. Amazing story. So the finals that get underway at Division One level in the Adelaide Footy League this weekend. Wields uh, a great, the classic rivalry game in the elimination final: Prince Alfred Old Collegians take on St Peter's Old Collegians, but. The story of the competition this year is Glenunga Footy Club. Um, They'll play in the qualifying final against Goodwood Saints. Now, Goodwood Saints have been the absolute dominant team in the competition. They've been, haven't been relegated. They've been in that competition for 32 years. And when you think about the way amateur footy works, that is quite incredible. But they'll come up against Glenunga Footy Club, who are an amazing story in their own right. This is, um, they've been a Division I club back in the 60s. Um, but this is the first time that they've really emerged in the last 45, 50 years. Let me just take you back through where they've come from. They were in Division 5 in 2016, and they were three wins and seven losses, a chance of being relegated. They survived, going down to Division 6, would you believe? They survived, played an elimination final that year, but got absolutely belted. They won the competition in 2017 and went up to Division 4. In 2018, they won Division 4 and went up to Division 3. In 2019, they won Division 3 and went up to Division 2. Now, how about this? In 2020, they finished bottom. But 2020 was the shortened year, and there was no compulsory relegation. You could go down if you wanted to, but they chose to stay in Division 2. 2021, they've gone... Uh, they finished the minor round top and lost the minor round to... They lost the grand final, I beg your pardon, to Old Ignatians, got promoted... And here they are in 2022. They've finished third in their first year back in Division 1. So 
from 2017, where they're in Division 5, and now here they are, a chance of winning the flag in Division 1. It's an amazing story. So, a couple of big games of uh, footy coming up in Division 1 of the Amateur League this weekend. Just on that, Hookie, it's... And watching a bit of amateur footy, Nathan Grimer, the coach, has done a fantastic job, but not too many players. They've obviously added a bit, but there's still a lot of players that are actually playing in Div 5 that have come, followed the club all the way through, and now Div 1 players fighting off for a final. So, just a really remarkable story, and good luck to them. I actually went through, um, I'll do the medal count for the competition on Monday, September 5. The one thing about this competition, I mean, I think the, the level of coaching is astronomically good. I think sample coaches are incredibly good. They're all AFL capable, but I reckon a lot of the coaches in Division One of the Amateur League are SNFL capable as well. Nathan Grime is a classic example of that. But the other thing is you look through that competition, Jesse O'Brien, um, Hayden Jolly, Sam Gray, there's a lot of guys who've had some experience uh, at AFL level, and here they are playing amateur league football. Sure. So it's a really vibrant competition at the moment. It's going really well, and uh, looking forward to a great final series. Port District finished top. Um, they're relatively new to Division, to division 1 as well. So um, we're seeing a bit of a, a change of the guard, but Goodwood Saint to the one that's still there. Now, there's nothing wrong with being 60, but what about the 60-year-old who broke five Australian rowing records all in one hit? Yeah, he's an incredible story, this guy. His name is Bill Nat. Uh, he celebrated his 60th birthday uh, last week by rowing for one hour, non-stop. Uh, so he's on the indoor rower, if you know uh, yeah. the sort of thing yeah. that I mean. But what he did, uh, he, he, over the course of an hour, he rowed 15,614 metres, so just over 15 and a half kilometres. He broke the one-hour record for a lightweight rower of his age, but he broke five um, distance time records along the way as well. So, uh, you know, the, the 5,000 metres, the 10,000 metres and so yep. on, he's broken five, five records. So six records overall in this one one-hour row for a bloke. Just That's how he thought he'd celebrate his 60th birthday. So Bill Nat of the Adelaide University Boat, Boat Club He's been a bit of a legend in Masters rowing for a while, but that is quite an incredible achievement to break the Australian record six times in one row. Gee, well done, well done. Now, you love your Sydney Hobart. We all love Brenda Bella. Brenda Bella in Adelaide at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's true. So, uh, Brenda Bella won the uh, Sydney Hobart in 1997. It actually came second four times, Wilds. Yep. Uh, so it developed this great reputation as a bit of an underdog. It's known as the People's Maxi. Uh, broke the record for the race for a conventionally ballasted vessel in 1999. So didn't win the race, but one day, 20 hours, 46 minutes, the fastest ever time for a conventional ballast vessel. And that still stands today. It's a great story designed on the back of a beer coaster in the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia, um, in, there in Rustcutters Bay in Sydney Harbour. Uh, it's actually been moored in Outer Harbour at the Royal Yacht Squadron for about the last couple of years. They've been gently, slowly doing it up. It'll actually be launched next week as a pleasure vessel. So uh, there's a launch party on September 11. They'll do day sailing, night, twilight cruises, weddings, corporates, and it'll all run out of Adelaide. Um, it's an amazing story. Here we are, one of the most identifiable vessels in, the, in world sailing is actually going to be running as a, a chance that anyone could just uh, pay their money and go and have a ride around. You do a tour of the boat, then you uh, head out through the, um, the top of the Port River there through the heads and do a bit of sailing around semaphore and so forth. It'd be uh, not a bad way to spend an evening, boys.
Something I couldn't do, Sydney Hobart. I speak to Jared Healy, he's done quite a few. One of them was that rough, he was strapped to his bunk and just was worthless, yet I couldn't do anything except uh, vomit over the side. So it's uh, not all that good. Hey, by the way, Hooky, new father, is that right? You, is there an addition to the family? New father for me, new grandfather for you, I believe, David. Yes, yeah. I've got a um, little Theodore called Teddy over in America, and so there's Tommy and Teddy, both mother and uh, son doing well. He's only about six days old. He actually was born when we were on air last week, but... Um, yeah, well done to you too. Yeah. No, well, well Sarah and I have had a little girl, Molly, uh, who arrived at exactly this time last week. She is one week to the minute. Ten to seven she was born uh, last week. So would you believe uh, we're celebrating her one-week birthday tonight? That was August, August 17, is that right? August 17, exactly right. Yeah, same, yep. same as young same Teddy. Man. Incredible. Well done, Hooky. Well done. Thanks for your time, mate, as always. Good on you, boys. Have a great night. Uh, ben Hook there, as always, each and every Wednesday. Now, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator, or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you out. Head to ICanWin.com.au and you can win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Dougie, that's it for us. Uh, another good night. The Crows have finally got a headquarters. They do. Exciting. Let's, um, let's make it happen. 2025. Oh, I agree with you. It's so sad down at looking at West Lakes. Mm. It's, it's, you know, I've been there for many years, but it's not the same thing. But yeah. New chapter. Onwards and upwards for the Crows now. Look out. Not a bad prize package either. Oh, it's going to cost a bit of money. Need some help. And we did our post-season awards. Bit of fun there. It's always hard there, but it uh, just shows how many good players and, and teams are around. And we'll do it all again tomorrow between 6 and 7, Dougie. Bye for now. Sports Day. For Kias, EV6 and Sportage. Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.